Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This episode of the Sartorial Geek Podcast is sponsored by Jordan Denae. Jordan Denae has all kinds of geek chic apparel and accessories. Our designs are hand-lettered and inspired by our favorite characters and stories in pop culture. We have tank tops that can be worn with a skirt, under a blazer, to the gym, and as pajamas. Please check us out at jordandenae.com and all over the internet at NYC. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I'm Jordan Ellis of Jordan Denae, and I'm here with Caitlin Maycheck, who is a cinematographer, which is very cool. Uh, we met we met for the first time at New York Comic Con, right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. At last year's New York Comic Con, so 2017. 2018, right? Yeah, 2017. <laughs> and then, like, right pretty soon after that, we were going to the same show because you were shooting the Two Dope Queens... HBO special and then Joey had done the posters so like I got to go with him and then you were there which is very cool (laughs) yeah it was really cool we also bonded over um my favorite murder just like podcast oh my gosh my favorite murders (laughs) I'm so thankful that that podcast happened because like I knew about podcasts but in my head it was more like research right like I listened to things when I needed the information then Mm -hmm. MFM I was like Oh, these are for fun. Yeah. Like, these are my new best friends who I play <laughs> when I, like, need someone to keep me company or I, like, am on a long walk and need some entertainment. Great it's amazing. Yep. Rides, that's a word. Yep, Wise. totally. <laughs> Just going for it. Yeah. <laughs> the Karen and Georgia yeah. are amazing. And that podcast, too, it's crazy that kind of like Harry Potter, it's like the podcast equivalent of like bringing all worlds together. Oh, yes. Like you can have nothing else in common but listen to that. And like <laughs> Harry Potter is another like, if you're not a nerd at all, right. you've probably read or seen the movie or that's like yeah. your gateway <laughs> into... It's, it's like true crime uh-huh. meets comedy yep. meets feminist ladies. Yeah. What is this? It's the best. <laughs> what is this amazing Venn diagram? That I know. And then I think they also <laughs> like kind of paved the way for like, uh, I mean, yeah. tons of other podcasts have come yes. after them and in their pilot episode will be like, we love Karen and Georgia yes. and we're not straight up copying them, but yeah. this is, this is an homage to what they do. Thank yes. you. <laughs> which is very cool. I secretly hope that they'll do kind of like two dope Queens did, which was yeah. also another favorite of mine. Uh-huh. Again, it's comedy, really great comics. I love the intersectionality of their work. And yeah. it's just, it's per- that was perfect because it's little snippets. So you can actually kind of stop and start it if you need to, if you got to go to work or got to get inside. But, and that's another really good podcast yeah. for recommendations of other great yes. comedians because they have guests on all the time. So it's like mm-hmm. a great way to find out about people who are hilarious. Yes. So that's awesome. Yes. Um, it's, it's really cool, but I would love to see, um, I know they're doing the live tours a lot. Yeah. Now. I went to one of their first ones, not the first one. Cause that was in Chicago. Hometown. Yeah. Um, but I actually went to their one, um, the day of the women's March, January 21st. Oh, I listened to that one. <laughs> I bought a single seat because I was in LA for my union board meeting there instead of protesting here in, yep. in DC and New York. And I was in a boardroom all day. I was so frustrated. So I'm like, I'm going to go. I'm going to listen. 
and I'm gonna have a great time. It was just, it was such a great release to I like listen that. to these awesome ladies. Like, I think Karen's opening line was "Welcome to the Resistance." Right? It was. It definitely was. That's one of the podcasts that I listen to over and over. Like, I almost never re-listen to episodes, yeah. but I like. It's like one of my favorite right. TV shows. Like, I just keep doing reruns, and it's awesome. It's so great that and so Two Dope Queens was super fun because I had bought tickets. Actually, I don't know if I told you this. No, I had bought tickets as a fan. Hoping oh, that I would get a call it. to work on it, which I did. <laughs> oh my gosh. When worlds collide like that, where it's like, I was going to go anyway, but cool. Yeah. I'll work and like run the cameras. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was, uh, I was doing the focus pulling, which is keeping the actor sharp okay. in focus. So just okay. I was on the close-up of Phoebe. Cool. The 400 millimeter for you nerdy yeah. people out there. 400 millimeter close-up. On Phoebe Robinson <laughs> running around that stage. She running was around. running around. They were just yes. <laughs> Jessica's a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> like Phoebe, stop moving. No, she's a they're they're super cool. Didn't get to meet them in the same way that I do on other projects because it's it a was live like event. yeah, they come in quick they do their too. Yeah, like it was like days, come in. Yeah. yeah, it was four shows, right? Four, four or shows, four so days for, of yeah. shows. Three days because there were two shows on one night. Okay, which cool. was fun, but a little that was a, a lot. Little, that was a lot. Yeah, um, but it was super fun. Uh, what we do was we set up for a day. I think the lighting crew gets another day on top of that. Cool. Actually, no, I think we just set up in one day, which is crazy. We set up all the camera yeah. positions, do kind of a rough rehearsal that day. The following day, we do another rehearsal, sometimes film the opening, closing sequence okay. stuff uh, as an aside, but that's only one or two cameras. Um, I was um, not one of the cameras doing the little scenelets, but, um, and then you just film the event. Oh my gosh. Once you're filming the event, it's just like a really short day, but all the setup time before that yeah, of is course. a little more rigorous, but having, I grew up doing theater, so, so it you feels get it. super okay. fast to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> So easy and so fast. Let's get out of here. Well, yeah, because yeah. if you're doing theater, you're there for the months before it. But right. if you're recording it, you're just there for like doing it. Yeah, and then <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so you do, really cool. you've shot theater stuff and you've shot, I mean, you've shot a ton of stuff like right. movies, yeah. shows, short films. Yes. I don't um, know if there's more. There's some web stuff in there. Okay, but that's, cool. That's a little different. Um, I haven't done as many commercials as I like to do. Um, I was telling Jordan before we started. Yeah. <laughs> um, both my parents were, are, my dad still is, my mom was in advertising. So they, my education in a weird way without realizing was watching their spots when they would come yeah. home. Yeah. The edits, the 15, the 10, the minute, you know, I would just absorb all of their work when they were reviewing That's their cool. spots. So and you actually got to see kind of what they were doing because they oh, did yeah. it at home. Whoa. Right. But That's I never, awesome. I never went to set actually. So okay. The first time I was ever on set was when I was working as a camera person. They never really took cool. you? No, they were usually flying around. All right. That's fine. They were Free. I, I was very little, though there are some great stories of me acting up at parties. Right, um, right. There's a little bit of a, I grew up acting and singing, so. So you were um, a performer. Before I went behind the camera, like, no, right. I like technical things. Um, I was the girl who always built my guy friend's toys. Right, and right. Literally call me every holiday every birthday. Like, say, hi, I have the pieces. <laughs> I yeah. want the finished thing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, my mom and dad say, can Kayla come 
come over to uh, build the Star Wars whatever. Right. Whatever. <laughs> so a lot of my fandoms actually started with a lot of the guy friends that I had growing up, which was That's awesome. Really fun. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like because you did like the onstage part and now mm -hmm. like do you feel like that helped because you can like put yeah. yourself in their position yeah. and you get both sides yeah that's cool I actually I went to a, I was a singer mostly but also studied acting I was terrible at improv but I love improv <laughs> improv is so, so hard well, my mom did Second City though actually so oh, I wow. watched her she did it after she had left work yeah so I was like nine years old watching her doing raunchy improv <laughs> She's amazing at that's she's awesome so, so good and she was around the same time i kind of timed it out she was around she was at second city probably when amy poehler and tina no Fame way she's taking classes i think they were in the official touring company yeah but she was super good went through all the so levels cool. <laughs> funny lady um i have a huge respect for improv oh my gosh i'm a great oh my audience gosh. member i am i am i give a lot <laughs> that's me too like i will <laughs> comedy shows all yeah, day yes. i love it so much have i you, am have you been to the del close marathon no oh what is goodness. that okay so so del close this is like a different kind of improv fandom okay del close was the founder of second city okay he's like the what is a chair the chair can be anything right kind of um the yes and and all really all of that second city teaching comes from him Whoa. so in new york same weekend as Pride Weekend, which is always good. Yeah, at the right. Same time is a literal like seventy-two hour marathon of improvisers. Oh my god! All over the city, it's like hosted by UCB. It's amazing. I highly recommend okay. it. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely gonna so, go. That's incredible. Last weekend in May, and the dates are escaping me. Oh, that's cool. We'll look it up. Yeah. They're, that's awesome. Super, it's amazing. That sounds right up my alley. Yep. Yep. I love that. <laughs> so explain what you actually do, because what all I, I know mean. about things is that like there is a camera <laughs> and that's it. Like, I don't know. I'm assuming there's more than one sometimes. Like, oh, do yes. you, are you running one camera or are you organizing where all the cameras are or <laughs> okay. pretend I know nothing because I <laughs> literally know nothing about this. So here's, man, it's, it's kind of weirdly, um, Mm, it has like kind of this almost military background of sorts. Okay. The film set is really creative, like theater, but it has a lot more structure to it because you're dealing with a lot more money. Usually. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And a lot more technical things. So you have to be very precise. Different kinds of films or shorts or whatever, like a web series might not have all the things that a okay. Marvel movie is going to have. It's not the same for every project. It's really per project. But in a standard sense, um, if, you're, if you're watching a movie, like if you're just watching yeah. any movie, um, it's usually that the credits are really long for a reason, I guess. Right, right, better, totally. For lack of a better word. So usually there's um, even a single camera, what we call single camera shooting, which is, you know, kind of more precise. And this it's the the terminology, forgive me, this is getting no. convoluted. Yeah, no, the Terminology cool. single camera versus multi-camera. Multi-camera just refers to the old, like, stage shooting live audience. Okay. That's what they tend to mean by multi-camera. Single camera just means... Film cinema. Okay, yeah, cool. I, for lack of a better word. So, on a movie or on a TV show or on an independent feature, you're usually running, if you're not running one camera, you're definitely running two cameras at the very least. Okay. 
on a big, big franchise movie, like a Marvel movie, usually there's three cameras all the time. That makes sense. So what happens is there's a director of photography who's kind of the visual interpreter of the director's vision. And that's your job. That is, um, on smaller projects, that's my job. My job right now, more officially on the bigger projects on union shows, because I'm a union operator, um, I'm just the camera operator. Cool. So the director of photography is talking with the director about, and I do this as well on smaller projects. Uh, the director of photography is like breaking down the script, how it's going to look visually. They're okay. collaborating with costumes, production design, production design. They build the sets and they build the world, like literally build. Right, the like actually yes. creating the walls and floor yes, and everything. Yes. Cool. Yeah, the right. And the director of photography has to deal with three departments. Okay. So they're the head of the camera department, which is like the people who are physically running the cameras. Cool. And that has a structure and that's the structure that I came up through, which has a lot more people. It's an operator for each camera, then a focus puller for each camera, then a second assistant for each camera, then a loader. And that number varies depending on what the needs are of the production. When it's digital, there's a digital imaging technician. Per camera? Um, at this point, you're getting down to one person. Whoa, so, that's still a huge yeah, so staff. At least on a two-camera show, there's about nine people. For just the camera For work. just the camera Whoa, department. that's wild. And then you're running... So there's grip, who are camera support, So they, but they also set and shape the lighting. Okay. So they literally... They're the people who run the machines that run the cameras cool that move them around um or their camera support in most of the world but then they also mold and shape the lighting and then there's the electric department that's just dealing with lighting oh my and gosh. usually on big big movies those no those numbers yeah are i'm sure there's probably there's riggers there's people who are on the sets before we come and shoot there's hundreds of people so as a director oh of photography gosh. and i'm just covering that yeah like that those three departments that those can be at least a hundred to 150 people Whoa. on a Marvel movie, especially. And I'm not including VFX. I'm not including any of that. And then imagine you have wardrobe, hair, yeah, all of these others. So that's why well. And then when you hear budgets from movies and you're like, where does all the money go? Like there are so <laughs> many people. <laughs> well, right. That's true too. And then, insurance. I'm sure, especially on like very, very risky movies, I'm sure. It it goes so quickly and no matter um, a a person who trained me, who like brought me up in the industry, he said, you know, no matter, every show has its fungus, like no matter how big or how small the project is, you kind of always feel like you never have enough money. Yeah. You never have enough money to do it for the scale that you want to do it. So it's like, I've worked on, you know, (laughs) hundred yeah, dollars. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's, a. Uh, you're just trying to create, you know, with what world. you get. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah. Do you have a preference? Like, do you like bigger or smaller or for different reasons oh, you like? I, I'm really happy because some people my age, um, not a lot of people, it feels like come up through the business anymore. Okay. Um, or it's, it's rarer to find these days. A lot of people are just like, I'm a director of photography the moment they get out of college. Cool. Okay. And I personally chose, because I came to it late, um, I transferred from theater to film. I was a theater director and then wanted to become a film director. And yeah. Then, and then I was like, you know what? I like cameras. That's awesome. <laughs> That's 
know. And I loved, I, I grew up on film as well. So like the physical, like the, I really loved loading film cameras. I liked shooting oh, on legit film. Oh, like film. Legit okay. Film. I was yeah. a loader. I was never really a digital loader. Whoa. This digital world I don't understand as much. I'm like a weird... Luddite. <laughs> Do you shoot a lot on film? I have shot on film. Yes, it's been Whoa. a minute. Um, just because the labs went away, they're back I now. Mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just so excited about Yay Kodak. Thank you for That's awesome. <laughs> but the two films that I took to Cannes, um, two short films that I took to Cannes, I both shot them on 35. Whoa. Yeah. And I'm hoping the next one I shoot will be. We're we're budgeting for film as well. That's so crazy, but very cool. Star Wars is shot on film, and it is the best visually. Yeah. Preservation-wise, it's just like it holds the colors the best. It's just... Are all the Star Wars movies shot on film? All of the new... I wouldn't... Uh, Solo, I think, wasn't. I okay. I say that was shot on the Alexa... I like will, I was going to say, Sorry, I'm gonna, that's I will cool. know if you're right that's or not, cool. so you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I know that the trilogy, like J.J. Abrams yeah, wanted to shoot wow. on film and was very adamant about shooting on film. Because that's it, so it, cool. It honestly, like, in my opinion, it helps with the VFX. It helps with the, you know, there, there are reasons to shoot it. Yeah. It's just sad to see that a lot of people aren't learning it anymore. And that's how it right. may go away. If no one knows how to do it, then yeah. If everyone who is coming up in the industry literally only knows how to run digital, it's, that's, what's going to kill it. So does it feel like special that you know how to do it? Like, is it like a special skill? Oh yeah. And that wasn't the case 10 years ago. Right, (laughs) That was the only way to do it. So you had to know it's at the point now where on bigger shows, if they can't find a loader, they will pay them more than what the rate usually is. Whoa, because so you're just desperate to find someone. Yeah, they will pay because a lot of them have become, like a loader is the lowest person on the totem pole. Okay. But they literally, it, but it was they're very necessary. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You literally have in your hands the product. Oh and I learned, this is a fun fact, I bled on a roll of film. Because I was shooting in, we were shooting in uh, New, no, not New Mexico, we were shooting in Nevada, and okay. I wasn't used to the altitude temperature, oh so my, my gosh. hands got really, yeah. Just, like, something opened up, and like my hands started bleeding, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, because we rolled out, so we rolled out on that mag, meaning that we didn't cut and then break the mag, like the performance oh was still like going on. Oh my gosh. At the end. I was like, <gasps> oh no, this is on so-and-so's face, and like, I don't know. I, I, I can't sweat. even imagine. You can't sweat on film because it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll destroy it. Blood comes out in the bath. You're totally cool. I was like, oh my God. That's so crazy. <laughs> you can't cry, you can't sweat, but you can bleed on film. And it's totally fine. <laughs> well, thank God. I mean, because I can't even, I mean, I've done that in the very smallest way. Like when right. I'm sewing, I'll like yeah. prick my finger and then yeah. on like one very inexpensive right. thing, never on like a yeah. literal roll of film. Yeah. With like a, of a movie. It's, it's That's really, so crazy. What I love about film is kind of the, the procedures that you go through to make sure everything happens. What right. is great and also not great about digital cinematography is that people just keep rolling. They're rolling the zeros and ones 
poor editors have to deal with you yeah. know, running in and out resets and the whole thing but with film it was literal money going through you, you have to be careful right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean that's you're so true was, yeah you're paying way yeah. more attention because every single frame is like you're paying yeah. for that second that's crazy it, like as it goes through the mag it's like cha-ching cha-ching cha-ching, cha-ching. and it does I this mean, beautiful purr that I miss so much yeah, yeah. threading a mag kind of like threading film projectors you like thread the mag and this is Panavision you listen Panavision's a type of camera okay so yeah it's like, like a, me I have no idea so yeah, great <laughs> it's, it's like it's airy Panavision those are like the two big makers of okay film and digital like Sony Sony and all the others and red those get the digital world like expanded the digital universe right <laughs> the cinematic digital universe yes expanded like the makers but Panavision and airy were the two big for the longest time We want to take a quick break from the episode to thank our sponsor, Logan Arch. Logan Arch has the cutest, nostalgic, and nerdy accessories and apparel. If you're a Hamilton fan or a gaming fan, I think you'll find something that you love. I'm obsessed with their enamel pins, and I'm also really into their new purses and coin purses. They're super, super cute. If that sounds up your alley, please check them out at loganarchchicago.com and all over the internet at loganarchchicago. But yeah, like Roger Deakins, who just won the Academy Award for Best Cinematography after, you know, 14 nominations, no big deal. Wow. He's he's converted to digital cinematography, but it's interesting because you can tell he still is using the same principles as film. Okay. It's And it's interesting to see the people who learned on film, I think, have been treating digital very well. Well, and if you do it for, I mean, I'm assuming if you have that many nominations, you've been doing the job for lots of decades. So I imagine you're like, no, I've been doing this for my whole life. I'm not just going to like have a new process now. (laughs) He also like embraced it too. Like he really embraced digital cinematography because he shot Blade Runner 2049 on digital. Oh, okay. It looks like... Yeah, he, he learned the computer science, and he his wife is like now she when they met she was a script supervisor who uh, looks at all the continuity of everything, which cool. is it's adorable. They met on set, of course. I and love that. <laughs> now she's like the I don't remember her title exactly, but she basically helps the pipeline to post. Oh, cool! And to VFX specifically, and she yeah is a very big part of the Roger Deakins quote unquote franchise right. for lack of a better word. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of his work. Um, it was very cool to see him win, you know, very deservedly win for like a sequel of a sci-fi. Right. Right. Normally, that would get <laughs> not how this normally goes, <laughs> which was really cool, but I've seen it twice, uh, like, or no, three times Yeah, on the big screen. And I was just like, this is stunning. It's incredible. I mean, and like, we have blog posts about right. it. Like we, it's, it's awesome. That yeah. I feel like that's also the kind of movie you could watch 20 times and every time mm-hmm. be like, oh, I didn't really think about yeah. this like this before. I actually went to, right before I started a movie that I just wrapped up, um, I went to uh, MOMI, the Museum of the Moving Image. Oh, yeah, see, yeah. I saw Blade Runner, the final cut, and then Blade Runner 2049 back to back. Whoa. And it was amazing to see how they so well suited each other. 
Yeah. Because I hadn't seen the original in a minute. So it was really nice to see how Denis Villeneuve uh, actually just really embraced the world but made it his own. Absolutely, yeah. It was really great. Well, and that was another... I mean, anytime there's like a very, very later sequel mm-hmm. to something. So Blade Runner is one of Joey's favorite movies. Oh, like nice. you guys have a lot in common, which is very cool. And so, <laughs> but it's kind of nerve wracking. Like it's yeah. like, we're going to go into this new movie. I have no, like you might be so sad walking out of the theaters and then to leave and be like, this was perfect. Yeah. Like everyone made every right decision. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, the only kind of complaint I had is just the pacing is very slow. Yeah. It's visually stunning, so right? It right. Gave, so it's it, fine. <laughs> it for that. But it was it was very interesting. It's a almost a full hour longer than the original. Yeah, which I no totally. Idea. So watching both is what like six hours? Six hours. Yeah. I mean, no shame. I've watched like twenty Marvel movies in a row, so no I, shame at all. I used to host my own uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. Extended edition. Oh yes. Section. Because so, that I almost became, it. like, a challenge. Like, yeah. I had um, I had friends in high school who would do it New Year's Eve. Yes. So it was, like, you start Ooh. in the morning and then yeah. time it to, like, end at midnight. Because yeah. it's a whole day of movies, yeah. which is awesome. I haven't told you this. So I another big, like, movie thing that I love, um, when I started working on this kind of... I don't have to go into the whole story. Yeah, yeah, no. I had bought tickets to go see the Cornetto Blood trilogy. Yeah! With Edgar Wright, and he spoke at all three. Okay, I know a lot of people who were there, so that's oh awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll introduce you. You yes, guys can all be best friends now. <laughs> yep. We'll, like, go back to our old oh, Instagram yeah. posts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so that was, like... That was an event. Oh, like, that was a big yes. deal. Best thing about it was, it was the first weekend after I officially got on to House of Cards. Like, I was kind of yeah. going back and forth, and then I was finally on House of Cards, like a midway Official, it's happening, yeah. So I'm down in Baltimore, and we had an over, we had like a late night the night before, so I didn't go up that evening. I go up that day, oh and my I'm gosh. driving on the highway. Yeah. <laughs> I park into a parking lot that doesn't exist anymore, right outside of right. the dam, because now it's an apartment building. Yep. <laughs> and I sat there with my my friend Carrie, who introduced me to your work, and we just, the three, the two of us, the three of us, the two of us just, like, watched all three movies, <sighs> and it was so good, it was just, like, amazing. If I were to shoot for anyone, it would be Edgar Wright, like, all I want to do is parody, stylized, like, looking, I mean, that's why I love SML, yeah, it's perfect, it's just, you can do whatever style you want, you can honor the style, um, the, one of the current DPs of House of Cards shot Sean of the Dead. Oh, cool! That's how we became friends. Well, like, that is so cool because <laughs> if you, like, all of these things yeah. are so overlapping. And yeah. then, especially when you think about when you're in the weeds of a movie or a TV mm-hmm. show or something, instead of just being like, I am an actor, so there are nine right. actors or whatever. Right. It's like, no, we are now all connected, this crew of hundreds of people. So the overlap, I'm sure, is insane. It gets so small. The world gets... Well, what's crazy... So what's crazy about Dave, um, David Dunlap, who shot Shot of the Dead. Yeah. I met him on Spider-Man, and he wasn't on House of Cards yet. Okay. He was just a big fan of the show, of season one. As a 
I was an A camera second on House of Cards, which means I'm like the man managerial head of the department. So cool. I'm the person who, with the permission of my focus puller, my operator hires people. Oh, cool. Like, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm bringing people. I'm also managing gear. I'm organizing all of that stuff. And I'm also doing duties on set, like chasing actors around right. set of marks. <laughs> right. So I got to know Mahershala Ali very well, Michael Kelly, Robert Ray is like oh crazy. It's like it's so weird. Um, they're awesome, awesome people. And but with David, like I I met, I was like, oh my god, this is David Dunlap, he shot Shot of the Dead. And then he had heard that I was about to go on the show, and he's like, Oh my god, it's Caitlin Nation. She's gonna go work on House of Cards. I actually brought that on. so awesome that yeah. both of you were like, oh, wow, oh. this person is very fancy. <laughs> he was like legendary operator. He did, um, he worked with the Coen brothers way back wow. in the day. He was the A-camera operator on Goodfellas. Oh my you know, gosh. Everyone talks about Larry, who's also lovely, but everyone talks about the Steadicam shop, but right. David did 99% of the <laughs> So he deserves credit too. <laughs> yes. Because sometimes the fancy things gets all the, like 100% we earlier. But so, well, yeah, so we're talking yeah. about like it is really cool to spotlight really, really important yeah. jobs that just aren't flashy. Yeah. Like everyone knows who's in front of the camera. Right. Some directors, if they're huge, but then, like you were saying, all the yeah. rest of the credits at the end of the movie are like very important people yeah, <laughs> doing very, very cool things. It's very cool to see like who goes where. Yeah. So there's this animated movie I love called Twice Upon a Time. I literally have a VHS copy of it because it doesn't really... I don't really... think I've heard of it. George? Okay. Yeah, well, tell I'll me everything. <laughs> Is it, play. I'm assuming, old? Like... It's super... It's from okay. the late... It was like maybe the year I was born, like 1988. Okay. And it's a George Lucas produced movie. Okay. David Fincher was working at ILM on the t- at the time. So oh my gosh. He's like a matte person on the movie. <laughs> It's insane. And it's this really weird movie that like went out of print. Like it just doesn't exist anymore. The DVD exists. Whoa. It went out of print before DVDs were. Yeah. And if there's no like need for it or no one's asking for it. (laughs) So it was was this movie that we loved from kind of like Belle at, you know, there was this VHS that we loved from this cute little uh, VHS store in the town that I grew up in, in Illinois. And it was like a VHS store that wasn't a blockbuster, but in the train station. Oh my gosh. Adorable. Yeah. I didn't realize we had stolen the copy. Oh my gosh. So I have it at my house now. (laughs) Well, I'm sure the store doesn't exist or miss it. So I think you're fine. (laughs) But I would love to see it like. Yeah. And like people have like put it on YouTube, I think, you know, there were multiple versions of it because it was kind of raunchy. I don't realize. Yeah. What's the, what's the premise? Like, I don't think I've ever heard of this before. I I haven't seen it in so long. It's okay. You can do super general. general. (laughs) So it's kind of this like animated stop motion-y paper cutout type, like super trippy by comparison. And it's these two 2D animated characters that, like, okay. one looks like a moose stork thing. They don't even... I, like, I can't even tell you what they are. I mean, I'm picturing oh, yeah. the people you said are working on this, and I'm just... I'm picturing the weirdest thing ever. It's super so weird. I kind it's of like, get it. There's a princess involved. There's, like, a superhero Ooh. type character. Kind of like, you know, they're kind of stereotypes. and Yeah. Kind of so basically the premise is that... Um, 
nightmares are going throughout the world and okay. it's destroying like humanity and everyone's falling asleep and having nightmares. Oh my so gosh. these two little plucky, like not usual characters right. have to like save the world by finding this guy who's spreading all the nightmares. I want to see this. It's really awesome. We should find a Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do, a, we'll do a viewing screen. party. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> this is actually a perfect tie-in. Yeah. I wanted to ask... As so, like I'm sure you kind of look at movies differently because mm, you mm. look at it through the eyes of your <laughs> experience yes. and your job. Yeah. Are there movies you would recommend? Um, like, not necessarily your mm. favorite, but like, are there movies that you would recommend watching because you're so into the way they look or like the way oh. their cameras are? Yeah. Um, hmm. There's so many. Yeah. It's, it's all for different It doesn't reasons. have to be, like, yeah. the top, because I know that's a very... Because, right. like, when we were talking to, uh, to Joey about Batman, I was like, you don't have to list your favorites, because, like, right. I know as a fan, right. that's a whole other level right. of question. So it doesn't have to be, like, yeah. the best ever. Just, like, some that you're into that maybe, like, maybe don't get a lot of recognition, or maybe, right. like, lots of people don't know. Gotcha. I So I guess what I could say is... Um, I'm a really big fan of, like, everyone knows the French New Wave, and everyone knows, like, those movements, Um, and when I started camera work, I actually studied at the film school, FAMU, Um, I can't, it's all Czech, so (laughs) (laughs) it's the National Film School in Prague, and Milos Forman, who recently passed away, that was a really, really hard thing for me, Um, he directed Amadeus, which is hands down one of my favorite films of all time. Um, Amadeus, uh, One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest, but his early work and the work of his contemporaries is some of my favorite cinema, period. Wow. Because they were, they were in the Czech Republic right before the occupation, making this really kind of allegorical, but also, um, very, uh, like subversive cinema at the same time. Okay. Talking about, it's very political. Yeah. Without, but also funny and darkly funny. Uh, if you like that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, totally. And then what I love about the Czech New Wave, like, compared to the French New Wave, the French New Wave is very, like, doesn't matter what the shot looks like right. sometimes. Like, sometimes it's very stylized, but then other times it's, like, one shot is exposed one way, and the right. other shot <laughs> is a totally different exposure, and it's good. And that just is fine. And right. It's, <laughs> and it's amazing, because, it's, you know, it's French. Right, right. But, but Czech cinema is super, super precise, and they're, you know, it's watchmakers, and right. they're into machinery. Culturally makes sense. Culturally Get that. Makes sense. <laughs> And all of those directors, like, were very much into their directors, their cinematographers, their okay. DPs. So, like, that's when I switched to becoming a director of photography because of that marriage wow. of director-DP communication and how you build the visual world of the story together. That's so cool. It's really cool. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, like, to talk about, you know... Rachel Morrison, who was nominated for Mudbound and who shot Black Panther. Yep, yep. She's amazing. Um, she and Ryan Coogler are like what I think the American equivalent of that kind of relationship, that director DP relationship, where it's just like you know each other so well that you can just make a yeah. thing together and you complement each other. And it's just, and that's like, 
the hope that I have for myself, you know, one day. I have a That's couple very cool. awesome people that I work with who I'm hoping that, like, that will be our story, you know, as as we go on. <laughs> I love that, though. Yeah. It's just finding your people. You yeah. Know? That's what, and it's, like, like what you've talked about on the podcast before, just, like, finding your tribe and your community. Yeah, that is, like, theme number one of this whole oh entire gosh. thing yeah. is, like... Whenever, when there's a web of people who are all have the same kind of mission Mm -hmm. and it's really cool to see people like working together and bringing their own things to the table, but like Mm -hmm. bringing them together is so cool. Yeah. I mean, fun fact, a lot of film people are huge nerds about so many things. Yes. Yeah. 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 Totally. (laughs) Well, you kind of have to, because like when you were saying so much of it is very, very specific. Like, not mm-hmm. that all nerds have that, like, science, math nerdiness. Right. But if that's one of the ways that you think about things, makes sense that you end up in film right. because you have to get all of those details right or so, else no one can work with what you did. And that's terrible. There's so much crossover. There's so Yeah. Many, there are... I'm finding out, like, I'm a big... I've become this big anime fan. I was a big anime fan. Oh, cool. Yeah. I let it go for a long time yep. it, it definitely I think even more so than the comic book world has this like oh you can't uh-huh. like this yep but now Agaretsuko is amazing and yeah as a person I, I heard that you're not you haven't really been I am the getting world. there like it is it's so around me that eventually I'll just be like fine the next five months are all anime forever and I'll yeah. dive well, so far in. It's, dangerous i know i know like studio ghibli incredible yep, incredible yep. like that's like it's funny because i don't have the same talent for drawing okay <laughs> but i love animation and i love anime in general and what i love about anime is like more than western uh animation the backgrounds yeah insane. they can't absolutely be. i mean dragon ball is like a whole other thing it's like but, whoa what is that but it can be yeah <laughs> can be stunning like yeah. I bought so many art books of just animation I've stolen so oh, many totally. looks from anime um Darren Aronofsky huge anime fan Keanu Reeves makes sense <laughs> yep. Darren Aronofsky when he did um when he did Requiem for a Dream literally bought Shitoshi Khan who was this incredible incredible director passed away at a very young age I think he was in his early 40s oh wow of like a brain tumor or brain annual it was like very sudden death yeah incredible director I you know for, not to be like oh I want to be like Ghost in the Shell reading no, American but... <laughs> I don't want to do that yeah. I was very upset about that but um but Scarlett Johansson is incredible. It's just, I have feelings. You know what? That's a thing. There's so thing. many, so yeah. many things are like, I love the parts of this. I just wish yeah. different things had happened. Creator, so fully understand. The creator wanted her to do it. So, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. that's that, good on him. Um, she's not my major Kusanagi. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did make a hashtag. <laughs> did not catch. is such a fan of Perfect Blue which is this incredible I mean what you were talking about yeah. Joey a couple weeks ago or I don't know how eh, you know whatever guy, sometime uh, when he was talking about adult animation can be really intense yeah. and these are like you can make these into hard R-rated live action movies absolutely and he the sequence of um, I'm forgetting her name Jennifer from Requiem for a Dream 
can't help it all. I'm yeah. the worst at names. So there's this very iconic sequence where Jennifer Conley. There you go. There we go. <laughs> I and definitely should have known that. Guys, <laughs> I don't know anyone's <laughs> name. That's gonna keep coming up. I know no details of anything. <laughs> so my favorite murder. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> we did not research. <laughs> nope. That's why I'm the interviewer, so I can just ask questions and not have to know anything. <laughs> But there's this awesome sequence where Jennifer Conley's in a bathtub and she submerges her head and then screams and it's Whoa. silent. It's literally a shot for shot remake of a sequence in Perfect Blue. Oh wow! He took like he literally got the copyright. Like during, I think to this day he still owns the copyright. Like has wow. the copyright of this movie because he did that. Which is insane. That's so like, that's so yeah. wild. The way like those two, you would never yeah. expect. And if but, you don't know the behind the scenes, you would never have any idea. But then when you look at some of these DP and like Christopher Nolan is also yeah. an anime fan, he's gonna do Akira, which is classic. Um, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so like good. if you know one, it's, like, <laughs> it's that one. But it's crazy because they're such big fans, and it's cool to know because sometimes the film world can be very like macho, very yeah. You know, it it comes off that way, especially it can feel that way, especially in school. Like yeah, when, you know, it's like the film club. It's mostly guys. It's the whole thing. Yeah. But then you learn that we're all secret nerds and we all love things. Right. And then we all start talking about it. It's great. It's like, and then it just opens up and it's this awesome world. So it's, it's really cool. I love that. Yeah. I'm so excited. We definitely have to do another episode because there's so like, there, mm -hmm. there's so many things we can talk right. about. Um, but what where haven't I touched on <laughs> Yeah, no. So I mean, like, it's so cool, though. And it's, like, so cool that you're a female doing oh, that. Like, everything you. is amazing. But where can people find you? So mm -hmm. in the meantime, until you come back, <laughs> you can follow all back. your projects. <laughs> um, you can find me. It's just my first name and my last name, KaitlinMaycheck.com. Cool. Um, I also have an Instagram handle that's my first and last name, KaitlinMaycheck. And that's just a few stills of the projects I've done, one of which was... I, I should have you watch this. It's a Scott Pilgrim inspired what? comic book. It takes place in a comic book store short film called Gerald Full of Wonder. I was sold. <laughs> that sounds amazing. We'll link to it in the show oh, notes. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. It's great. So there's that. And then um, also just like my, my fun whatever. And you'll see me like post all like post things like. You know, when I posted uh, Sartorial Geek. Yeah, like, yeah. Thank you so much for reposting. I was like, oh. Absolutely. <laughs> um, my other handle that has, like, a lot more stuff um, is Maycheck Moments. Perfect. And yeah. we'll link to all those, too, so right. if you aren't writing them down, yeah. <laughs> you can find it. The spelling of my last name is weird, so you might want to yeah. <laughs> look at totally. the Totally. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much Thank for hanging you. out. This is very oh, cool. This has been very fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yay! Yay. Um, and if you enjoy our podcast, you can subscribe. You can leave us a rating if you want. That helps so much. And you can check out our Patreon if you want to get cool rewards. We have fun things like you can be our pen pal or we can send you presents. So have a great week, everyone. Stay nerdy. We'll talk to you later. Bye.